Hello, and you're listening to Eco Justice Radio. My name is J.P. Morris, and today we have an interview hosted by Carrie Kim. She's going to be talking to Lydia Ponce. Lydia Ponce is a Mayan and Quechua descendant, a longtime activist and impassioned community organizer on behalf of numerous issues. Lydia is a member of AIM, American Indian Movement, and is co-director of the SoCal chapter of Idol No More. Now, we had Lydia on the show to talk about the KXL pipeline. We recorded this around late October, and I just want to let you guys know that in early November, so earlier this month, a federal judge ordered a temporary halt to the construction of the pipeline, ruling that the Trump administration didn't properly consider the environmental consequences and impact to indigenous heritage. And it's through the actions of those, like our guests, that ensure sacred ground remains sacred and justice prevails, only showing that we really do have the power to change if we put the effort into it. It's one of the reasons we do this show. It's one of the reasons we try to bring these stories out to you, to inspire everyone, people have the same ideas as you, they want change, and we want to show the people who are doing something about it and hope to inspire you to do the same. This is Eco-Justice Radio. Aloha, my name is Carrie Kim, and we're here with Lydia Ponce, who is representing AIM, American Indian Movement, and she is also the co-director of the SoCal chapter of Idle No More. So, Lydia, you and I first met during the Standing Rock movement when Grandmother Gloria introduced us, Grandmother Gloria of the Tongva Nation introduced us. And first of all, I'm wondering... Much has changed since that time, and much hasn't changed, and we're continuing. The saga of oil and gas continues, but also prayer, unity, the rising up of indigenous peoples everywhere, and stewardship of Mother Earth continues. And I'm wondering if you could tell us what do you see has changed since Standing Rock in, in, a broad, in broad terms for you. In broad terms, I, I, I'm going to say that um, I'm thankful, first of all, to be on and humbled to be on your show tonight. Um, and the much has changed is that um, no matter how hard the extractive industries um, changed and, and continue to abuse and use and rape our mother, we actually um, have unified in a very prayerful way. And, um, and there's a stand about then there's a stand about how you're going to be part of a circle, a community circle in a healthy, good way to provide that kind of sense of security, learning more about building safe communities, safe circles, safe places, mm-hmm. and how to protect and best defend earth, land, water, and air, the natural things that we all need as humans to live it. I mean, you've been a lo- you've been a long-standing activist, and I'm just wondering specifically what Standing Rock ignited in you that you were not uh, that didn't already exist in you as a person, being I, native. I think, it, I think it gave me confidence, hope, and faith to live in a different world, and that's when it struck the true decolonizing meaning of another world is possible, another community is possible where we put our Earth Mother first and we actually put, treat each other as relatives mm-hmm. as best we can and, and know to when to walk away from, you know, uh, harmful environments or how to keep a, a 
the community circle healthy. The Stanging Rock that I got to visit last August was void of the camp, void of, of people, and it was full of water. And in that way, I put my feet in the water. Um, I landed at Standing Rock a year later because uh, quite comedically, I ended up in the hospital with close to heart failure. I, I, I want to say that it almost broke my heart. I was just really overworked and over, over-volunteering and overdoing. And I've, I've slowed down my pace but in a more strategic and capacity-focused way um, and solutions-based. And that, that, all of that was probably in me because of seeing the civil rights on black and white TV. It was instilled with me with my brother teaching me and unteaching me what history um, lessons I had at school. And the last part is just great guidance with some sister elders in the community, which Gloria um, is one and, and my sister Vienna in San Pedro. So having met you, you've enriched my life, and, and here we are on the radio talking about a better and healthier community with these extractive, dangerous um, businesses, corporations, ruling our, our lives and ruining our lives. You... Um we, you know, we really we really wanted to we want to thank you first of all for having been such a, a long-standing activist for Mother Earth and you know we wanted to bring you on the show tonight to speak about KXL the KXL pipeline that's running from proposed to run through Alberta Canada all the way down to uh, the Gulf uh, refineries on the Gulf Coast and then also yeah. line 3 in Minnesota and <clears throat> if you could tell us just briefly how you're involved with KXL now. I mean, some people are familiar with KXL, some are not, but it was green-lighted in 2017 by the Trump administration, reversing the original decision of the Obama administration to stop it because they were citing that it would have impacts on climate change. So if you could tell us how you're involved with KXL now, what's happening on the ground to prevent it. I I, I wonderfully had a wonderful trip in August um, with Madeline uh, Kelly Merritt, who's actually one of the leading organizers for the uh, Prop B public banking. Mm-hmm. The side note is that we were two in the car, trekking along the Dakotas and visiting different um, camps. The KXL camp and the Wichoni and Tipi camp uh, for Line 3, um, these camps are had set up very, very, very modestly, very, very, um, you know, two nickels and a prayer and shoestring budgets. However, there, there are people, water protectors, who are protecting, continuing the Standing Rock um, lessons and beautiful uh, gifts of intelligence of how to uh, stand against these uh, big monsters, these extractive monsters. And it's three different camps that we're talking about in their own strategies of, of the camp now, the camp in winter, and the camp when the pipeline comes through. Mm-hmm. So... Um, my, my meager support, my, my small way of supporting is to help them communicate and not be shy to ask for support. What does that mean? What does that look like? We can't tell them. They have to tell us and share that. And the people that I met were the most humblest people who would share, you know, the last drop of milk or coffee in the morning. You know, they they give you their bedding, it was more comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. They were very, very endearing and very young. And it, it, for someone my age, it just gave me a lot of hope. And at the same time, just to share that hope 
is to bring back the message that there are people who believe that we can end this um, destructive violence towards our mother. Did you see, I mean, at the camps, do you find that it's still um, more unified between people who are native to the land and people who are not? Or was it mostly people who are of First Nations there at the camps now? It's, 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 you know what, it's exactly what the prophecies say, that there's a nice, um, I'm going to say a shared space, mm-hmm. a shared day, and most importantly, a shared prayer, beginning and ending and anywhere in the middle. The people are really unified because they know what they're facing, mm-hmm. and they come from different uh, walks of life. And I'm going to say the best way to describe it is that we're all different flavors. <laughs> and we're, 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 a big, we're a big salad, and we're all different uh, ingredients to that healthy salad. And, and we all can choose to be, um, wake up to be rancid, and <laughs> we just need to put ourselves away from other people. But I didn't see that at these camps. I saw, you know, uh, frustration and, and, you know, maybe a, a little bit of anger and being human. But uh, there was, they, they had a really tight-knit uh, community of support. So who is supporting them now? I mean, Standing Rock received so much um, outside support. You know, it was a it was a lightning rod moment for us, as we know. And I I wonder, you know, who is supporting the camps who are now on the ground opposing KXL? We are. We have to carry. We, we this is. I'm hoping that's what I can um, extend and lend and share with this conversation with you. Is is that there will be ways. To uh, send funding, there's you know Honor the Earth up in Minneapolis. There's AIM um, Interpretive Center in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, and there every one of these um, organizations. You know, yes, they're on social media, but we have to actually um, <laughs> there's actually um, support by way of an app to communicate. Okay. Um, and I can't I can't say much on that, but mm-hmm. um, there's going to be a secured, safe way. Mm-hmm. Because I believe that all these social media apps get encrypted and corrupted and, and infiltrated anyway. Yeah, And what are we really doing? What crime are we really committing? And who's going to really try to um, stop us when we're prayerful, when we're protecting the very thing that all two-legged, all, all living creatures need? And what kind you of... Know, op- water, are- air, and all of it. Are they seeing the same kind of opposition at at, at the camps that we witnessed at uh, Standing Rock? Because no. I haven't. Well, la, la, with security uh, guards and things. La Vie, the the Water is Life camp in the Bayou mm-hmm. is the most um, beyond aggressive. It is it is out it is outrageously against the law. It's against humanity. It's it's they're not in their right to yank people off and falsely arrest them, uh, yank them off the, the canoes and uh, kayaks. And um, again, you know, shout out to the water protectors and especially Cherie. Um, they they have actually uh, put up a false Facebook, a Facebook account that says no water protectors for the bayou. Um, it's, some, it's something about that, but it's against the efforts of defending the water and defending the land and the people. And, um, that's a per- that's a perfect example of who needs help right now, and, and um, just Google search or, or search it. You can find it at, on Facebook. It's on all the social medias, and they do need support. 
Well, we'll remind listeners toward the end of the interview, too, so that they can okay. um, remember because at the very end. And we'll also put it on our on the, the links, too, so that people know where they can go to donate and support the movement. And I know you said that they're, they're also um, inviting people to come, or is that true, I mean, on a wide they, scale? They are, and it changes week to week. From what I've seen, they want people to um, email them and let them know that they're coming through. Um, you know, I, I didn't, we didn't make it, finances and, and time didn't make it uh, in August. We were intending to go there, and then we um, were instructed no, there right now there's being there's people being detained that aren't being uh, released mm. immediately, and I I chose I chose my grandkids. I, I I had to extend my support in other ways, and um, you know I'm I'm not so famous for anything but just trying to support and building bridges <laughs> and be of service, them. right? Uh, we I sent, we sent face masks to to uh, the bayou uh, to protect them from the cast. Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, pepper spray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's hard to believe that three years later, post Standing Rock, that we'd be seeing, you know, what we are witnessing in society, and that in some aspects we're more polarized than we were then. Although we know that that's not the whole story, and that other things are happening as well. And it's important to stay focused on on where we are coming together and where people are are tired. They're tired of. Um, of the, the the greed, the corruption, uh, the separatism, the racism, all everything. Um, all the isms. All the isms, exactly. Uh, I just want to remind listeners, I think most listeners know that we are, in talking about KXL, we are talking about tar sands oil from Alberta, which is um, one of the most costly and reckless forms of fossil fuel extraction in our century and has great devastating impacts for climate change. Of course, the indigenous peoples of Alberta and the boreal forest. So, you know, we understand that <clears throat> there were, uh, you know, three First Nations that sued the Trump administration for their illegal approval of the pipeline because it violated the Fort Laramie treaties of 1851 yep. and 1868. So can you give us any kind of an update on those lawsuits? Do you know uh, anything? Well, it, it's all tied into, uh, you know, repressing their vote and making it... <laughs> close to impossible and they just laid down a lawsuit and I, I knew that that's what the way it was going to have to go and they raised enough funding to support a class action lawsuit and to get their votes back and I, I believe there was a wonderful I, I never watched Nightline but last night I watched and I saw the um, I saw the uh, beautiful uh, concert that Dave Matthews put together a little clip and um Prairie, uh, LaDonna's daughter, announcing um, her support to get the vote out. Mm-hmm. And and all of these wonderful, and including Tonya Hall, all these wonderful efforts, the actual, um, it's been a holding pattern of resistance with the very laws that none of the indigenous Dakota, Lakota, Nokota wrote. And, and it wasn't meant, they were never going to honor those treaties. Mm-hmm. And right. it, it was just a land grab. It's been a land grab and, and ruining the land for 526 years plus. So when we talk about treaties, we're, we have to talk about the people who actually want to be sovereign, have to denounce their um, citizenship to the United States and, cre- and create their own country. And believe me, there's great efforts to do that. A shout out to Manape. Um, it sounds crazy, but it's true and 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 walking away from the citizenship what does that mean 
That means that you're not going to be part in contributing to the ruin and demise of people, mm-hmm. of, of protecting the traditions, the, 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 having the sovereign say of how you're going to spend your day and how you're going to spend your way mm-hmm. and how you're going to live your life and not having somebody tell you you're obligated to invest in war, to invest in oil, to invest in, in any of these things that are, are harming and causing for modern-day genocide. Mm-hmm. So the North Dakota, you know, it's not it's not my place to talk any further about it, but it's good to know that um, we, we we have enough fight, and we're not going anywhere as Indigenous people. We're we're resilient, and it's in our DNA, and we're going to stand to it. So well, the question is vital. It's in huge transition, and there's not a lot I can say about it as what I as to what I know. Well, where do you where do you go when that's your home? Where do you go when that's your yeah. relationship to the land and your people are there and your ancestors are there? That doesn't, yeah. y- you know, you can't just dis- you, you just displace yourself places? from your original home. It doesn't make sense. Where are the safe places when it's not your home? And where are? How do you protect and defend your sacred sites and your sacred places? Yeah, you have to stand together in a very healthy, tight knit, trusting circle. So, so what uh, you know? Reference the sacred, a uh, sacred hoop. What do you okay. say about, you know, this This is a really um, beautiful thing that President Bordeaux of the, um, of the Rosebud Sioux, he said in the letter to the Trump administration, and he stated that staying true to the teachings of our ancestors has been key to surviving the genocide of the last 500 years. And he goes on to say that the land, the water, the air, and the Lakota people are one and the same, that they're relatives to each other. So, you know, how do we change, how do you impact the people who are behind the corporations or government officials, people who are, are, are in charge of regulating or not regulating? How do you begin to frame a different cosmological understanding? And especially if that person's really not interested in having a different worldview than they have. That right there is the vital question. How do we meet in the middle and start to get them to understand? That has to be an act of creator because I don't know any other way to lift someone without conscience, Mm -hmm. someone that's disconnected, Mm -hmm. someone that is void of some moral uh, compass that's broken. I, I I don't know how to support anyone in that language and that fear Mm -hmm. without knowing some of their laws or some of their trickery. Mm -hmm. And um, I only know how to pray for them. I only know, that's all I can do because the minute this administration in particular um, in 2016 was inaugurated and and swore on some book, they, um, I put everything, I filtered everything from my emails to trash. So if I want to read anything about this administration, um, or the two-party system, I'll open up my trash and I'll look and pick and choose. <laughs> That's about as harsh as I can get. And, and you know, to sit down and have a conversation with the extractors, abusers, and rapists of our mothers, mm-hmm. I would have to, it would take an act of God for me to sit right. down and not take off my spiritual chancla. Yeah. Would, well, how do you I do would, that without um, having the anger? Yeah, I mean, it, it takes a big, uh, you know, how much forgiveness, you know, how much forgiveness does it take to be able to do that? But it seems like that's really, that it's really important because 
we continue to have sort of a victim perpetrator paradigm here, and yeah. uh, I'm not not victim, but just that there's there's um, oppressors and and the, you know, there's winners and losers. And how do we teach reciprocity to people who who just see the earth as a resource and a commodity, not a relative? That is a huge leap. Yeah. But, and having rights, and mm-hmm. having rights. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other thing, the most important part of that question, though, is everyone has to be at the table, and that's indigenous first, and that would be what which tribe that territory uh, is, is is belongs to. Yeah. But you know, I have nothing to do with the the northern or southern Dakotas to even speak on their behalf and try not to outspeak mm-hmm. my my place here. Because I'm not neither of those. I'm Mayo and Quechua mm-hmm. and adopted Tonga. Um, I just know that I'm I'm honored to be a part of some of those circles. Yeah. And my best way to support is also greatly through prayer. And and without that, I think I, I think we would all. I think without prayer, we would all be extremely um, despondent, <laughs> more sickly, and Did- more. I don't think we'd be talking on the radio right now. Yeah. Do you pray regularly for, seriously, the extracting um, industry people? I are they part of your regular prayers? who are sick and twisted with greed and infected with um, the ideology of money and the uh, necessary um, killing and how they see some of us as disposable mm. and we're not. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, that, that disconnection for the attractive industries is what makes us women, indigenous women in particular, um, but in many uh, different cultures, we're invisible, we're reduced, we're oppressed. Hmm. It's the misogynistic and patriarchy, and it's the toxic masculinity that this colonized society offers. Yeah. And that's bro- why there's cause for rape and domestic violence. And, and again, you know, it, it, these things benefit this society that they've created. 526 years plus financially with modern day genocide. Yeah. It's, it's a physical, emotional, and spiritual assault and violence, using violence on all levels. And it normalizes the mega hat, the hat yeah. head, who are again void of that spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it really, I mean, we, want, we definitely want to bring you back on the show for another time to speak much more about this conversation of women and Mother Earth and. Patriarchy and and uh, it's a much bigger conversation, you know, that we need to have just around that topic alone. Um, well, that's and that's the earth. That's the the attractive industries are what's yielding towards missing and murdered Indigenous women. That's what's bringing us our Me Too and Times Up moment started in the 1960s at a Highway of Tears um, in Canada. And in Mexico, I couldn't tell you how many missing and murdered Indigenous women there are because there's no such database. Sure. Yeah, there are so many that uh, will never be known. You know, I, um, you know, it's, we've talked about all this. And at the same time, ironically, it seems that some things will just come down to economics, like, for example, with TransCanada. I mean, maybe that pipeline, you know, some people will say that the pipeline may never be built because of lack of demand, that they're still finding it hard to even justify building it. And that's from a TransCanada executive about KXL. Do you believe that that's yeah. true? Do you have... I, I, I believe that the people up there are pushing hard and Praying again with prayer, with uh, so much so, and they're they're well organized 
and put together. And, and I've been there, uh, all places in Vancouver and Lillooet and Whistler in regards to uh, a ceremony up there last June. And I couldn't believe the, the beautiful land and the landscape. And yes, it should be protected and it'll never come back the way that it is. And I look to the United States and I see that that pipeline that's supposed to proposed to come through, or pipelines, I should say, mm-hmm. um, it, it's concerning because there is a very small window for us to stop all this nonsense. If it means driving less, giving up our cars, carpooling more, yeah. public transit, uh, 80%, 90% of our time, then we, we need to do some really radical changes in our life in it- order to save each other and save our, our, our home. You, and um, the that, Trans-Canada fight has been long since running since, I don't know more, 2010. Yeah, it's I think decade. that we have an obligation to put women front and center because we are the life givers. We are the people, we are, you know, we are the ones um, by choice, if we if we want to have a family or not have a family, those those indications mm-hmm. of how we want to heal and mend the world is how we help support and lift each other. Yeah, and how do we um, continue as women, as women nation, all Absolutely. over the world? Yeah, and the and the love, the creation, and the love that begins from there. You know, I can you tell uh, can you tell our listeners well. We have so much to even talk about KXL that we're not going to actually get really into line three. We'll have to bring you back for a separate show just on line three. But I'm wondering if you could share with listeners more about KXL. And you could throw in some links for listeners now so that we can remind them of how to stay involved, how to support. Yeah. Line three, has a. there's a wonderful Indian Country Today um, article that came out yesterday. You can find it on Facebook or on our website. Okay. It is what is line three? Okay. And basically, you know that 1960s pipeline yeah. built that they need to restructure it because they want to restructure it to send out double the mass amount of oil. And there are a lot of compromises. It's a lot of breaking points in that pipeline. Mm-hmm. And it's and the people there need to grow food. Their wild rice is in jeopardy, and their lakes, their waters. Um, some of the um, websites um, that I was going to offer would be. Um, any of the missing and murdered Indigenous women, MMIW, mm-hmm. there's a database. Mm-hmm. There's currently a Red Robin Alert Project, an app that will support finding our relatives. Okay. On Facebook, you have missing flowers, missing murdered Indigenous women. Okay. Any social media um, will help you find an array of groups and organizations. The Poor People's Campaign um, in L.A. Um, has various groups in four different directions to make up a whole for poor people's campaign. Mm-hmm. And um, there, there is a, a protocol and, and pillars of support for a healthy community. Um, they're having a bunch. We're going to have a lot of uh, future events to educate and end uh, this modern-day genocide. Mm-hmm. Firm LA is closing down illegally um, operating massage parlors, <sighs> um, a large part of ending human and sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. Leap LA... We are. We have a steering committee for the city of Los Angeles. Uh, Caress's office is leading that. Hmm. There's a fossil free. Uh, we need and ha- to have a fossil free LA and a carbon Absolutely. free LA um, mm-hmm. by 2025. That's our target. Mm-hmm. And as far as the pipelines, you know, I tried to find um, out specifically how many pipelines there were, Carrie, and 
last year, I looked it up in November, it was 109 permits that were approved. It's just unbelievable. And yeah. this year, I looked for it, and and there was an, uh, 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 there's, a, <laughs> there's a website that actually says, and I'm going to read this to you, <laughs> the precise number of uh, pipelines is often difficult to calculate, uh, say, the industry uh, analysts and activists, because there is no centralized source of data. <laughs> of course that, not. <laughs> all that was shut down. So yeah. Yeah, they don't want and, you to know. <laughs> yeah, and I, I promised myself not to my, make myself crazy to, to, to find out you know, yeah. how many more mm-hmm. pipelines permits were approved until next November right. from year to year because exactly. I couldn't take it. Yeah, exactly. 109 pipelines means 109 man camps, mm. non-Indigenous men kidnapping and assaulting and killing Indigenous women. So I, I, I just looked it up because it's November, technically. <sighs> and, um, yeah, there we are. And um, and that violence in the extractive industries, if, if people predominantly white males can, mm-hmm. can be employed by these huge corporations, invest and finance their, their lifestyles at the hands and breath and life of indigenous women around the world, you know, then, then how is it that other sisters can't, can't live a healthy, happy life? Why are we in such a turmoil? Why are we in such a horrible upside down uh, society of what humanity is or should be defined as? And I think it's simply put, I think it's just, we need to take care of each other and be better relatives and stewards of this home that we share. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's all exemplified in, in a lot of trauma, a lot of disconnection, and a lot of not knowing how to come back together and, and, and unify and, and beginning that conversation for some people. It's easier to just build more walls. It's harder to take them down, you know, the bottom line. Um, so, so what about um, Honor the Earth is another place where people should look to learn yep. about Line 3. Honor and uh, I know yes. Winona LaDuke has been a huge activist to, to protect the Wild Rice Lakes and the Anishinaabe peoples. And um, so, Lydia, any other final link to share? So, um, I'm going to say stick with uh, March and Rally LA because they, you know, have a really good uh, up mode, uh, uptick on 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 information mm-hmm. and border angels LA um, make sure you take care of Chidla and Maldef to support our asylum seekers, okay. our migrant yeah. relatives. Mm-hmm. And all okay. of that has to do, all of that has to do with the way we have behaved and treated um, other, other people, other relatives on other lands and yeah. waters ac- way across and far away from us. And original peoples, not connected. and original peoples of the land, Lydia. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much for joining us today. And I, you know, I wish we had more time to speak about all these issues because they are they're complex. There's there, and they are interrelated with so many other other things. You know, the, the issues are are not just simple. We have to see where they all tie together, and and um, and respond to them other, that way. And, everyone, and, encouragement means is such the medicine we need right now. Until February of next year, let that carry you through. Encourage others and be encouraged. Thank you, Lydia. Yes, prayers up, everybody. We hope to yep. hear you again um, and uh, talk more with you about Line 3 and, and more about um, about your activism here. Thank you so much, Lydia. Yes. And Thank listeners, you, stay. Thank you for the work that you do. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you. Stay stay in touch, listeners. Stay attuned um, and active around KXL and Line 3 and stopping both of these pipelines. Um, and we will we'll be connected again. Thanks so much, listeners. And that is it for our show. Thank you for tuning in to Eco-Justice Radio. I want to thank Lydia for coming onto the show. Eco-Justice Radio is brought to you by SoCal 350 and KPFK. Executive producer Mark Morris, interview hosted by Carrie Kim, and original music by Javier Cadre. My name is J.P. Morris, and until next time, remember, the power is yours. Eco-Justice Radio.